I think he knows the idea that, um, like, the pursuit of happiness, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that's the thing that's in the Constitution. Everyone always talks about it. But part of it is there's happiness in the pursuit, right? Like, I think that's part of it. He wants you to keep learning and keep asking. And he wants you to almost sometimes even be asked to the point of, like, exasperation. Like, I just don't get it, man. You're touching on so many points. (laughs) I don't understand. And then he's like, I know, right? You don't understand. Right? Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Come on, man. I got to understand. Yeah. No, you know, it's it's funny because I think that that's something. There's a proverb, and I don't know it off the top of my head. Um. It's, it's the honor of God. It's the glory of God to hide a matter and the oh. honor of kings to search it out. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay? yeah. So when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith? No. He had to bring faith with him. Yeah. And yeah. that's when. <laughs> oh, man. I love it. I love it. That's where I get emotional is because it's the love of God that spreads the hope across us so that we can have faith to believe who he says he is. Yeah. Because she did not believe who he was until he said her name. Yeah. And man, if Jesus hasn't said your name, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I encourage you to listen for him because he's calling out for everybody. Yes. And when he calls you and you hear your name called by him, you can't help but believe it. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, like, so and then Peter, look at Peter the same thing. And then you look at you look at Thomas. I mean, we we, we love to make fun of doubting Thomas. You know what? His yep. name not, not ought, it ought not to be doubting Thomas anymore. Mm-hmm. Because when Jesus got done with him, yeah. Thomas was faith filled. Yeah. Why? Because Jesus restored his, or Jesus brought faith to him to yep. believe. Unless I put my hand in his side, unless I put my finger in his hand, I will not believe. And that goes back to the love. Yep. Because now Thomas is, he's protecting himself from the hurt that he experienced. Yeah. He's totally self yes. oriented, self focused. And now all of a sudden he says, I'm not going to, I'm not reaching out anymore because yes. I've seen what happened when I did that, when I became vulnerable, when I, when I, when I extended yes. my love. Now I'm going to protect myself no matter what. And I will not believe yes. unless these parameters are met. Yeah. It feels to me like one of the m- m- most poisonous things that somebody can do, like when they're going through any sort of adversity or when they've experienced something, like they put themselves out there and they got like snapped back or they failed or they were embarrassed is to sort of utter the phrase like, well, that will never happen to me again. Yeah. Because it will happen to you again. Mm -hmm. And it's one thing to put walls up around other human beings. We all do that. And some of those walls are good, right? Like you tell your kid, don't talk to strangers. You you make sure they wear a helmet. So there are certain things that you you use protective walls with people. But then... What tends to happen is as you build those walls, it feels like you also build those walls to God and to Christ. And so then what tends to happen is the thing that could actually solve some of your pain, could take some of it away, could help you in it. You've built so many walls by the by the time it's over that like you're even shielding yourself from them. The beauty of Doubting Thomas that I always super loved is that uh, Jesus is cool with it. He's like, no, look, I understand you doubting. You saw me up there, yeah, are you right? On. Like, obviously, so yeah. go ahead and do it, Yeah. right? And and kind of that whole notion of, like, Jesus gives him the grace to doubt mm-hmm. and then still forgives him for doubting in the yeah. first place. That is really cool. But it's very hard to for people to go through something, to be wronged by somebody even, and to make themselves vulnerable again, because that feeling sucks, yeah. you know. Um, and the only way to get rid of it is to submit that those things are going to happen. 
but you gotta remember to keep your hope alive, to keep to keep your faith going, and then yeah, it'll eventually lead to love. Yeah, that's totally true. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I know I know we're recording this, but I just want to, Father, as we do this conversation today, just be in this place and let people who hear it take it to heart and let them sense the the power of your spirit that wants to reconcile them to you. And also, uh, if they're going through something that they don't understand, just let this be a ministry to them that, that gives them hope for better days. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we should probably hit them with an intro. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> people are going to be like, like, what? We're on, we're on a movie now. Yeah, people they are like, just gave 15 minutes of the plot yeah. away. People, people are going to be like, what? Did I miss <laughs> the first part? <laughs> All right, here we go. Yeah, come on, man. <laughs> Welcome to Angel Talk. My name is Philip Kerrigan. I am the executive director of Race for Rowan. We are the nonprofit organization that helps families uh, who've lost a child with their funeral cost assistance and emotional support. Uh, I am joined today by the passionate pastor himself, Pastor Jim Ford of the New Day Christian Center here in Tonino. Pastor Jim, how are you, sir? I'm doing really well. Thank you for allowing me to come back. Oh, thank you for coming back. This is awesome. I love these conversations with you, sir. And I sure hope that people get uh, people get uh, what they need out of these particular conversations. Uh, t- as usual, we're going to talk a lot about um, all sorts of different things, but we're in the Easter season now. Yeah, man. So uh, we kind of thought what we would just do is spitball a little bit. We'll talk about faith <laughs> and hope and love and adversity during the Easter season because it's all there. It's yeah. all there in that week. Um, and we're gonna we're just gonna basically talk a little bit about um, faith and how how you can how you can use your faith to get through a lot of things and and, and basically kind of just spitball a little bit. How do you feel about that? Let's do it, man. All right, let's, let's go. Uh, Ad libbing is good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, we kind of uh, we kind of hit on it a little bit as we as we first started to talk. But you had some stuff on your on your heart that you that you really brought, and I thought this is really good. The the connection between uh, faith, hope, and love. Um, because, you know, these last two years for a lot of folks, I mean, and before that even too, um, anybody who's lost a child, of course, has to grapple with the the idea of hopelessness or the idea of like um, things that you hoped that didn't come to fruition. Um, but in these last two years, I think we have gone through a collective questioning of hope as a society and as a world. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is something to be said for, for the importance of hope. So, uh, but you had some, a really good take on, on like the, the, de- the connection between God's love and hope. You want to talk a little bit about that again? Wow, that's okay. Um, yeah, we can do that. Um, starting out, we wanted to talk about hope and, and hope has always been, um, you know, everyone I believe has hope for better days. I mean, in, I think in our 21st century world, we would call it optimism, you know, Uh and and uh some of us are just hopeless optimists and, you know, no matter what happens bad, we're just, you know, we're we're like that one more pull on the one armed bandit and we'll win the jackpot. Yeah. 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 You know, and, and, and that's kind of a really pedestrian uh, definition of hope that, you know, we win the jackpot or the lottery or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But, but hope is, I don't even know if I'd call it an emotion, other than a human uh, 
man, it, it's it's just ingrained in us. We, yeah, we want to. It's a part of our DNA. Yeah, it is, and it's mm-hmm. not it's not emotional. It's just a part of how God is. Put us together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what it was what we were talking about earlier, and, and not to reiterate the point too too greatly, but but we in First Corinthians thirteen, Paul, it's the great love chapter. Um, but the apostle Paul is writing to this church, and he says, you know, if I have if I have faith that can move mountains, if I believe all things and hope all things and blah blah blah, but I don't have love, I'm nothing. Yeah, I can give all my I can give awesome. all my possessions to the poor. I can give all my I can give all I, I can speak with the tongues of men and angels. I can do these wonderful miraculous things, but if it's not love oriented, it makes me a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Yep. So it's basically an annoying noise. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, so you're you're living next door to your neighbor with wind chimes, and you know <laughs> you got to put up with it. You know. Yeah. And so that yeah, but yeah. that's not what we want. And yeah. but humanity, because of the fall. If, if you look at how the in the garden Eve was tempted because the fruit looked good, it was desired to make one wise, and it was pleasing to the eyes. Everything about the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil was self-reflecting. Mm-hmm. It, 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 how does it gratify me now? Yeah, yeah. So we see that the reason why we fell is because we were focused on our self, our self-love, if you will, narcissism. Um, yeah. or a, a selfish love. So instead of looking at how much God loved us. Yeah. So all of that to say this, we are not built to innately love. Huh. Wow. Are, at least not other people, not selflessly. We are innately built because of the fall that we love ourselves. Everything about our attitude is how does it affect me? Wow. Yeah, wow, I didn't even think about that. Wow, that's so we're not we're not built to reach out. So we have we can't start from a position of love. We have to start from a position of faith. Yeah. Okay. That's awesome. <laughs> so faith, now how do we get faith? Because we're not even I hardly know you. How can I trust you? Yeah. And see, God is out of sight, out of mind. So how can we even begin to understand him? Because now we're I mean, this book's been around for how many thousands of years yeah. and we still don't believe it. Yeah, you know, there's still people out there arguing that God doesn't exist. You know, they have more faith to believe God doesn't exist than they do to believe He does. Yes. So we're not even built to have faith toward God, except that God brings faith to us. And how does He do that? He starts from the position of love. I love this creation that I've that I've built and or created in my image and in my likeness. I've given them my essence. I've given them my image. I've given them my attitudes. I've given them everything about me. I've, I've so I love them so much that I, I have the hope to believe that when they see my reality and who, how good I am, how gracious I am, they will respond with faith mm-hmm. that builds a hope for a good relationship and a better day. And that works now in toward love so that they can, display that love not only with me but to their fellow humans so that they can have faith build hope and work to love and then that's how it, it's recreated but see god started from the position of and and we quoted john three sixteen, for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son yeah god didn't start out with faith he started from the position of loving the world so much that he automatically could believe that they would respond the other way Dang it. That's so even know. better the second time you did that. <laughs> it's Dang a bridge. It. What's really cool, it's a spiritual bridge. Yeah. It it. It's just like the angels ascending and descending. It's, yeah. it's, it's all working toward our good. Wow. And it's That's the goodness really good, of God. Man. It's the goodness of God that leads men to repentance. I, I'm going to hit you with a question. Obviously, Jesus 
is the is the center of all of this week because um, everything everything that he says is going to happen comes to fruition, right? And so that's who we keep our focus on. But there's so many people during this time who um, who are so fascinating to me. Uh, obviously, Simon Peter is the one who's who's the most fascinating to me because this is the person who you know claims to be the most loyal to Jesus. Um, and is the one who denies him three times after denying that he would deny him, right? <laughs> um, uh, and then, so there are those. One that I find really fascinating as well is Pontius Pilate, because so much has come out about how complicated the the politics were of the day and how, you know, he kind of gave into the politics, and there are even some, some writings that he regretted giving into some of that. Who for you during this week, aside from... From Jesus Christ Himself, who for you stands out during the readings that you read this week, during your reflections on the Easter season, during the you know the the Last Supper and all that stuff? Is there somebody for you that like really stands out, where you have always found yourself fascinated by that person's experience and wondering more about about how to like wanting to learn more about them? could have given me a memo, man. Yeah, that's all right. I wanted to do this off the cuff, buddy. Yeah, no, I hear you. Um, I would say probably with you, I, I would say that the people who um, encountered Jesus at the tomb. Oh. Um, those Because there's very, very few. There's Mary Magdalene and there's Peter. Mm-hmm. And those were the two that came and were like, the one, I, I, one of the gospels, and I'm, and I'm, I'm probably going to get in trouble with Peter when I meet him in heaven. <laughs> but it's just, you know, he he was bragging about how he was the first to the tomb. He was, you know, I was like, hey man, I was the first <laughs> one there. But he was the most. He's like, what, you know? But yeah. I love how, I, I guess, Mary Magdalene when she, when she encountered Jesus and didn't recognize him. To yeah. me, that's been so fascinating, because how. Seriously, when I, when we talked about this earlier, you know how impactful when you when you have an experience where your life has been saved and mm-hmm. or or something deeply impactful has been brought about by someone important to you. Yeah, that person stays in your mind. Right, and man, you can't imagine. Yeah, ever yeah, yeah. not knowing who they are, ever not remembering them, they will always. You're going to tell your great, 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 great grandchildren. Right, right. I mean, it's going to go down in history. It's yeah. going to be on every podcast, or whatever. Right. And yet, when she sees him, she's so traumatized by what she's seen the previous uh, th- three days ago mm-hmm. that she just automatically assumes. I mean, she. I mean, all of the things that Jesus said. Yeah. Hey, I'm the Son of Man's going to die. He's going to be raised again. All of these things that Jesus used to his intimate circle to to kind of um, get them to a place of understanding what was going to happen, none of that mattered. And so here's this woman who's had a a tremendous supernatural encounter with Jesus earlier in her life. She's followed him. She's devoted her life to him. And and she's heard the things that were said, or at least the disciples may have communicated it to him. Hey, this is what Jesus said was going to happen. We don't understand it, but, you know, whatever. Jesus sometimes goes crazy on us. But, you know, and so they, they... here she is, and, and all of a sudden now, none of that is none of that is forward in her thinking. Right, right. She has lost everything. Yeah. And and so here is this woman who's completely destroyed. And I think a lot of times, maybe this is apropos to the race from Rowan. 
um, organization. I mean, you encounter people who, by virtue of the experience they're going through and the thing that you're help, trying to help them through, they've lost everything. Yeah. They, they can't imagine, you know what I mean? Right, 100%. It's just like, what? You know, is there even a God? I mean, oh, yes. Mary, absolutely. Mary's absolutely. sitting there going, oh, you're the gardener. You know, why don't you pick these roses? Yeah. You know, yeah. How come yeah. you don't have a bouquet for the tomb? What's your, you know, I mean, she's yeah. worried about. 100%. She's worried about things that have absolutely nothing to do with right. what's happening in front of her. Right. And so, and this is another part that's really cool to me, how how deeply she was impacted by the crucifixion so that she was off her nut. And I don't mean to be pejorative about that. I mean, who wouldn't be? Right. Um, but then she's... Where, what have you done with him? Where have you, where have you, you know, she's asking the gardener, what have you done with my, what have you done with the guy that was in the tomb here? Well, you know, she's having a conversation with him and she still doesn't recognize him. Yeah. Yeah. Until he says, Mary. Man. And man, to me, that is one of the most, that's how intimate Jesus wants to be with every one yeah. of his disciples. Yeah. When, when he says, he knows your name and he wants you to respond to that and man when he says it you can't help but recognize who he is and i don't care if you're looking for uh, a masseuse or a chiropractor <laughs> or whatever i mean you can be looking for anything out there any vocation you want to when he says your name you understand wait a minute this is the guy who saved me yeah this is the guy who gave everything so that i could be a son or a daughter of yeah. righteousness with yeah. him and joint heirs with him. And so to me, that's very, very powerful. And, and there's some huge nuances in what she went through. But I love, I always come back to this on Easter. Wow. Has God said your name? Wow. Let me rephrase that because that's a bad question. Have you heard him say Yeah, there name? you go. Yeah. Because he wants you to hear it. Mm -hmm. And he, the Bible clearly tells us, in the, in the New Testament, he's not willing, God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Well, if Jesus Christ knows us, he knows us personally. He's numbered the hairs on our head. He's formed us in our mother's womb. All of these things that, that relay the the importance that Jesus holds us in. Yeah. You know, he, we are the apple of his eye. Yeah. And, oh, yeah, it's talking about the nation of Israel. I believe it's talking about humanity as a whole, individually and as a whole. Mm -hmm. So... I, I I want people to encounter the Jesus that you hear him say your name. Yeah. Because oh, when yeah. you when you encounter that guy, even if it's unexpected and it's not a place where you thought he was supposed to be, yeah. I mean, I, and he'll take you by surprise. Yeah. But also, when you recognize who he is, it's there's never, ever, so ever going to be another doubt in your life, another day of doubt yes. in your life. Yeah. Yeah. I, that is 100%. That, that's certainly my experience, right? When, when I first you know, kind of heard him say my name, if you will. Uh, for me, it wasn't like my name. Yeah. It was more like I just heard him, right? And he like, like I broke down all of the things that were getting in my way, Yeah, if you will. Because it wasn't like he wasn't saying it. I don't get hyper-spiritual. I didn't hear Jesus say my name. Right, right. It wasn't I, like he was I, like, but, fill up. Yeah. Right? No, it was it more like, yeah, this. it was more like the presence. I, I like, you yeah. know, I felt it. And it was like all of a sudden... Like dialogue that was, I always felt was going one way because I prayed, right? Mm -hmm. But I always felt like the dialogue was going one way. I was praying and wasn't hearing much back. But you know what? I'm, spo I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm supposed to be here, and I, I know that there's something here. And then all of a sudden, when it was like, it, you you felt it back. You were like, oh, yeah. okay, we got to do that again. <laughs> Whatever yeah. we just did, right? Yeah. Let's do that again a million more times. Yeah. Uh, but you're right. After that, 
And it was funny because I, I was talking to my kids one time and, and um, uh, my oldest is a really, like, he's a thinker. He really, he, he, lo he loves to, he loves to like ask questions and, you know, they go to Catholic school. So you talk about God pretty openly in school, which is such a blessing uh, for my kids because they're, they get a chance to learn and then they ask questions and then we get to talk about it. Right. So. One time he was talking about, you know, he, he a friend of his who does not go to Catholic school and is not Catholic, is not Christian. Um, and uh, they, he said, you know, he said there wasn't a God. And he said, well, we believe in God, right, Dad? Like very, almost like you could tell he was like, right, Dad? I mean, we're not getting this wrong, right? And I told him straight up, I was like, oh, yeah, no, there, there's a God. I, you can trust me on that. And then um, he's like, oh, well, well, like, why? And then, I, you know, I explained to him, like, well, this is what I felt. I'm telling you, like, it's it's definitely there. It's his presence. And um, I, in that moment when I was talking to him, I thought to myself, man, if he'd asked me this question, this is like how the Holy Spirit works. If he'd asked me this question five years ago, six years ago, I'd have double talked and tried to figure it out and, you know, told him, yeah, I mean, we do, you know, <laughs> like a lot, but like I knew when he asked me, it was like, oh yeah, yeah, there is. Trust me. Like you'll hear it. You'll feel it. Just yeah. keep, just, and he's like, well, how do I never felt that. And I'm like, well, yeah, I've only felt it like once in my whole life to this point, buddy. And I'm 35, you know, like, you know, yeah, you'll feel it. You just got to keep the antenna up, right? <laughs> yeah, you'll feel it. Yeah. Well, my prayer is that you will. And, and you know what? Um. Anyway, I um, I, I just had a thought. I'm going to say a name, and you can edit it out if you need to. But for thinkers, um, and for people who are looking for a an intellectual approach to Jesus, Lee Strobel was a investigative reporter for the Chicago Times or something. Lee Strobel. 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 Lee Strobel. Yeah, and he was, um, as far as I understand, he was atheist. Mm. And he wanted to prove that God didn't exist. So he began as an investigative reporter to uh, search out the facts surrounding God and, you know, whatever, the mystery of God or whatever. And and he did it from an atheistic standpoint. Like he was trying to disprove. He was trying to disprove it. And so um, he's now a pastor of a church in California. <laughs> oh, wow. So, and that's yeah. a very long story shortened. Yeah. So, and, and, but if your listeners would take heart from that, then I, I look at people, there there are there is an intellectual approach. That, that will lead you to Christ. I think there's there's other people that I would um, look at that, that approached it from a rationale yeah. um, perspective. Um, you know, what I look at for, for me affirming that, that there is a God is the Bible affirms it because Peter is a, is a uh, affirmed or a confirmed historical figure. I mean, he right. lived. He existed can, in the world. In history, other than in the Bible, there are, there are references to this guy named the Apostle Peter or yes. Peter, Simon Peter, okay? Yep. So if Peter, if what if what they wrote in the Bible about Peter is true and there are extra-biblical references to this man named Peter and some other apostles or disciples as well, they all were eyewitnesses to Jesus Christ. They all saw him ascend into heaven, and they weren't off. They, they weren't crazy. They weren't like they, they put their they put their robe on one sleeve at a time. Yeah, yeah. You know? So yeah, they they yeah. they actually witnessed this event. They actually witnessed the events that they lived through, and so I take heart from that. That these guys were actual historical figures that are proven to have lived and existed and died, mm -hmm. and they all affirm that Jesus Christ lived was crucified and resurrected 
and they witnessed him. And they, for the most part, every one of them gave their lives as martyrs yeah. to affirm that. Yeah, that's the other. Th- that's the thing I always think about too. Every at every single turn, at the beginning of of when of when the faith is forming, right? Like mm-hmm. you, like Jesus dies and, and uh, comes back just just for just for a time in the presence of, of of the disciples and then he leaves again and he he ascends into heaven and now these guys are sitting around like okay we know this knowledge now and they they begin to spread they begin to spread it. each one of them is is almost every single one of them is martyred right mm-hmm. and then the people who believe after them are also martyred right but every single time one of these one of these believers is martyred, more people come. So to me, that that should tell you, like, if if it wasn't if it wasn't something that existed, if it wasn't something that was real, like it would have died with every single one mm-hmm. of of these of these humans. Yeah. But every single time it grows and grows and grows and grows because that people people realize like a person's willing to die for that faith right yeah. and uh, and i think that's very powerful especially at the beginning of everything you know and and i i for me i i love the, there's two and i mentioned them there's two characters in particular that i that i love to think about a lot and that is peter and pontius pilate in part because pontius pilate is this guy who um, He's the example of a person who will, who, because uh, I've read a few things about him afterwards, and, and he is definitely a person who gave in to pressures, human pressures at the time. It even is in, the, is in the actual, it's in the Bible where he's like, guys, this guy didn't do anything. I don't know what we're doing here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you're going to make me kill an innocent guy. I don't, yeah. I don't get this. Um, but eventually, because the crowd is so overwhelming, he has to give in to the politics of the day. And he's like, all right, you got it. He's guilty. You can have this guy. <laughs> yeah, an actual murderer. Yeah. <laughs> you can have this guy. He's the worst, right? Yeah. You can have him back. But, well, okay, fine, I'll, I'll, I'll kill this guy. And, of course, later, he, 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 in some of his own writings, he, he, he expresses his regret mm. about what he did. Um, and it's uh, to me, uh, I find him fascinating because... I think a lot of times we, I, I regretfully will say I have given in to to the politics of the day, or I've given in to the trend of the day instead of instead of lifting uh, lifting up God when I could have. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and he's like this symbol of a person who who um, is really human, you know, and and kind of uh, comes in contact with God and like, but the politics of it. Dis- disallow him from being able to see it, and then the other one is he's Peter. I-, I find him so, I find him so fascinating because, man, does he want to believe? Does he like super <laughs> want it? Yeah. And even in the in, and like at the at the time, I mean, and he just is like, I'm not going to do that. I promise you, it's not going to happen. And then it doesn't, yeah. right? And then, um, how he must have felt after that? It destroyed him. Yeah, like how he must have felt like. I don't know what to do now. I promised him that I wouldn't, and I did. And, and, and like, that he then still not only gets forgiven, but he's told by Jesus, like, well, don't worry, you're going to be a huge part of what happens from here on out. <laughs> I think that's really pretty amazing. That's very cool. Yeah, don't you think? Yeah, I do. Yeah. God, that's the hope. I mean, here we tie it all back together. God, I heard, it, I heard a pastor say it this way when I'm, God believes in us. 
as much as we don't believe in him, he that much more believes in us and that we can fulfill uh, the, the calling or the purpose that he has put in us to do. And you look at Peter, he said, you know, Peter, when you get older, um, you, you went where you wanted to go when you're yeah. young, but when you're older, you're going to be led around and you're not mm-hmm. going to like it. And, yeah. he's, and he doesn't argue at this time. Yeah. And maybe because he's at a point where, man, if I say no way, uh, I could be wrong again. Maybe he just learned through the experience that he had with Jesus at the crucifixion. You know what? I'm just going to see how this plays out. And I think that's, maybe that's part of growing up. I think in so. The, in the, in, or maturing in the faith is that, you know, sometimes it's just better to be quiet. Like Mary, you know, when she saw Jesus do some stuff, she didn't say anything. She just pondered these things in her heart yeah. and let him, and let, let's see where the Holy Spirit leads this pondering or this, this thought. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Peter definitely, you know, another guy that, you know, if we're going to talk about people that were there, the Roman soldier that stabbed Jesus in the side and then said, man, truly this man was the son of God. I mean, what convinced him of that? Yeah. You know what I mean? (laughs) So, I mean, he's just there for the day. He probably didn't have anything to do with the trial. He probably got the short straw. You got to go stab (laughs) this guy in the side make sure he's dead so we can take him down. I mean, think about that, though. And yet, just in that one small act... He, you know, whether he heard Jesus say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Or, you know, what, what, whatever that small window of time that he was in the presence of Jesus, whatever, whatever occurred there convinced him truly this man was a son of God. Yeah. And I'm thinking, whoa, you know, what happened in that moment where God just got a hold of this guy? Yeah. And his life, I, I, I can imagine his life was probably never the same. I mean, when he realized, yeah. whoa, this... Could just stabbed God, you know, and it's yeah. just like, what's going to happen to me? I'm, I'm destined for hell, you know? Yeah. Just like, oh, this is a bad thing. Yeah, this is a, this bad, is a day. bad day. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, and there's, there's some really cool things about what happened there that we can talk about on another day, but, um, you know, God, God definitely, um, was poured out yeah. for humanity so that we could, so that we could be elevated to, to the position seated with him yeah. in the heavenly places. And I think that if we understood the dynamic, if I understood that dynamic, I would think a lot different. I would act a lot different. I'm, you know, I'm still, I'm still trying to wrap my mind around the reality that God has seated us yeah. in the heavenly places with yeah. him. We are heirs and joint heirs of Jesus Christ. And we all think, oh yeah, you know, someday I'll go to heaven. That's not what Jesus said. He said, I have come that you might have life, not that you might have eternity, which is what he wants, I mean, ultimately. But he says, I have come that you might have life and have this life experience be more abundant while you're here. And then when you step into eternity, you're going to be like, man, Jesus, did you see what I did there? (laughs) You know, we're going to be like a little kid wanting to tell our dad all the things we did when he's like, yeah, I know. I You (laughs) know what I mean? You don't have to tell me. You know, you got a million years to go talk about it with somebody else. So I, I look at this and go, man, it's what's powerful. And that's there we are building on hope again. And look, yeah. at, look at how hope interweaves itself into that faith and into the, and, and carries us into that level of love. And and that's, I think, where um, if we're going to look at the Easter season and how all of this plays together, our goal in life is to express the type of love that God showed when he gave Jesus. Mm. And, and you look, okay, let's talk about the crucifixion. The sky went dark, black as night. Uh, thundering and lightning, I think God was having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think up in heaven, yeah. he was like, man, I'm doing everything in my power yeah. to hold myself back. Yeah. Just wiping I'm these about to smite out. you people. Yeah. And and yet on that day that looked so bad, God withheld and expressed love on to such a level that how can you not respond to that? How can you not say, wow, you have been so merciful and so loving to me 
how can I love people who are created in your image? Teach me to love the people that you created in your image after your likeness that maybe don't smell like me, maybe don't look like me, maybe don't have the same level of status as me or what I think I should have or whatever. Yeah. And so, you know, because it's easy to love someone who's upper. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, I love you. You, you, you. Let's go boating. Let's go this. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, but but it's hard to love the least of these. And that's, or the ones that don't agree with us politically. Yeah. Or socially or whatever. And so now all of a sudden, how does this Easter uh, pageant, if you will, how does it affect us in reality, in our walk with Christ, how do we express that love? Um, how do we how do we have hope for humanity? Where how do we have enough hope for humanity where we can express the God type of love? Yeah, toward them, because I'm gonna tell you right now, like you said earlier in the day, we we're building walls. Yes. We build walls to protect ourselves, and you know what? I'm not gonna I'm not gonna reach out to that. That person will just that they'll take everything I have. Mm-hmm. Well, is that okay or not? Right. I mean, see, our culture, we do not want to receive. No, you can't have it. Yet Jesus, one time only, it's a caveat, okay, told some guy, sell everything you have and give it away to the poor. Mm-hmm. That's you know, He said that only once, but we take that, oh, Jesus meant for that to everybody. Okay, how come everybody hasn't done it? <laughs> you know right. what I mean? If that's a command that Jesus gave to us, shouldn't we want to act on that? Mm-hmm. But yet we're, we're, even now, those of us that have been serving Christ for maybe a long time, maybe not so long, we're still struggling with how to express that type of love and trust in God to take care of us when we give all mm-hmm. in the hope of attaining some. Yeah, you know. So I, I, it's it's interesting. It's it's anyway. Yeah, that's really good. the 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 true kind of message of the resurrection is to go back to that idea of like hope in even the worst of times. And and I think that's that's really interesting. So, in the so in the Catholic Church, we have uh, the Stations of the Cross, which is basically like fourteen different phases of the Passion, okay. right? And we uh, um, specifically during Holy Week, which is the week leading up to Easter, we have a day. I want to say it's either Tuesday or Wednesday, where um, there's a whole like um, Stations of the Cross service. Okay. Where they have specific readings for for each station, and then uh, a, a deacon or the priest will get up and they'll have a reflection on that particular station, and then we'll go through the next one, next one. It's this epic, like two hour thing, and um, and what it, I think what its intention is is for you to think to to think about each one of the moments and and like really put yourself there, and really understand the sacrifice of of God. Um, in the in that moment, the one that always um, really really affects me, other than of course him actually him actually finally, because one of the stations is he dies on the cross, mm-hmm. and, the, and there is no reflection. Then it is silence for basically five minutes. You're supposed to be silent and not say anything. Um, that one is really profound because you're thinking about you're looking up literally at the cross at the moment. You're thinking, boy, if I was up there and die, that would be horrible. But one of the ones that I always found really really um, amazing is. How um, he falls, and then they they point to Simon in the crowd and like, hey, you come here and you pick it up with him, right? <laughs> yeah. And how he like is all of a sudden he goes from this bystander to like he's in it, he's in the passion. You yeah. know what I mean? Is there a moment <clears throat> that real and, and 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 it to me it was like one of those moments where it was like like even a even a person like me, you know, who is nobody, can become a part of. Of like the story, 
right? And become a, come, can become a part of this faith journey. Is there a part for you kind of during that the passion that really like stands out to you and is and like you think about like you put place yourself there at all? Oh man. Oh man. <laughs> yeah, I I would say um you know what um think about. It. I know I should have no, hit you with some it's, questions. It's not there. I know exactly who I would put myself in but it's not you know and, and thankfully God is merciful but you know I look at Judas Oh, and and his role in this. Wow. I mean, you couldn't find a more obscure. I mean, obviously he was the bookkeeper of the of the pack, and he was a thief. He was he was embezzling money from the ministry. If you was will. he really? Yeah, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was. He, yeah, the Bible says he. Boy, he's you know, a when he when um, real lovely guy. That <laughs> Judas. <laughs> when, yeah. Well, when he um, but you know what? He embodies so much of who we are. Yes. And it and it's frightening to look at it and go, Father. I would probably do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. I'm weak enough I, to do it. Yeah. But I look at this and go, okay, so here, remember when the lady came with the ointment and she poured it on on Jesus' feet? Yes. Judas was mad because he told Jesus, he says, we could have sold that and given the money to the poor. And the Bible parenthetically says, he didn't really care about the poor, he just was stealing money. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. He, wanted, he wanted more money in the coffers so that he could, you know, hide the hide the extortion or the yeah the embezzlement. So, but here we see Jesus, I mean, or we see Judas kind of maybe on the periphery of everything else. I mean, you don't hear Judas. I mean, he was a part of the miracles, yeah. but he was certainly not in the intimate right. three-ring circle that Jesus would. Yeah, he's, he's never mentioned. He's not, yeah. he's, you know, he's, he's, he's the bad dude. Yeah. He's the villain. Um, but at the Last Supper, and I don't know, this may, this may twist how you think about me. But the first person Jesus offers communion to is Judas. Yeah. And I'm thinking, whoa, wait a minute. And Judas, the Bible says, literally was filled with the devil. And Jesus said, go, whatever you're going to do, do it quickly before I kill you. You know, yeah. before, before yeah. we change the plan. Yeah. But you know what? I don't know that Jesus was thinking that. I mean, I just look at this and go, wow, how? And I know Judas didn't want, Judas was, was very guilt-ridden after the betrayal. Right. Because... He didn't want Jesus to die. They, he want, the Bible says that he wanted them to abuse him and then release him. And when the, he found out that the Jewish elders weren't going to release Jesus, but their intention was to crucify him, that's when he went out and was filled with remorse and regret and yeah. went out and hanged himself. Yeah. Because he realized that, oh, my gosh, I've just committed, I've just condemned this man to death. Yeah. And I didn't want that. Right. And so he came to his senses at the end. And who knows, as he's dangling off that tree— what God said to him in those final few seconds of breath that he had, right? You know, hey, you fulfilled the plan of God, you know. And I'm like, whoa, yeah. You, by jumping off a tree with a rope around your neck, yeah. you, you completed the plan of God. Yeah. So is he in heaven? I mean, think about that's a great you, question. You know what I mean? And I'm not, I'm not trying to dance on anyone's theology, but I look at the the people who are listed as the heroes of the faith, and Samson is listed as the hero of the faith, yet his prayer was. God, in the end of my life, avenge me with these Philistines for the loss of my eyes. Yeah. He knew he was dying. And yeah. he died in war and blah, 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 and all that. But he essentially brought the building down on himself. Yeah. And he knew it. So you can take that however you want to. You know, but he's he is listed in eternal, inspired by the Holy Spirit scripture as a hero of the faith. So I got to believe he's in heaven. And I'm, I'm looking at this going, God, you know, we look at Judas as being this super evil guy that deserves no place 
no good place in eternity for what he did. Yeah. Yet if he hadn't done it, and Jesus wasn't this, crucified, yeah. you know what I mean? So, I, and I'm not saying we got Judas to thank for our, or the devil to thank for our salvation. I'm saying, wait a minute, he was a part of the plan of God. Yeah. And he fulfilled it. How many of us are a part of the plan of God and we don't fulfill it? Mm-hmm. I'm like, so who's more holy? Yeah. And I'm like, Father, I don't want to, I don't want to betray you, but I also don't want to betray your trust in me that you, by by the redemptive power you've displayed to me, I don't want to just assume that my life is going to go this way. Yeah. And, and then when it doesn't, I get mad at you and I want to rebel. And, you know, and that's what Judas, Judas physically believed Jesus needed to take. He wanted Jesus to establish his kingdom, his yeah. earthly kingdom on the earth. And, but that wasn't what Jesus was here to do. And so anyway, it's, it's a long drawn out thing. And I apologize. It's easy to label him as an, as a two dimensional person, right? Like he's yeah. a bad guy who, who, uh, because of twisted motivations, betrayed Jesus for 30 pieces of silver, the end. <laughs> yeah. Right. But you're right. It is a fascinating look. I didn't even think about I didn't even think about him as a person to to reflect upon. But without him, there is there is, he's. I mean, well, and how much of us are in him? I mean, oh, so much. <laughs> yeah, you so, know, so much. We want to we want to point fingers at Judas for doing what he did. Yet, so much. How much? How how quickly would we yeah. do it? How how? I didn't realize that until I got older and started making my own mistakes, right? Because when you're a kid, you you think, well, Judas was the worst, yeah, right? But then you realize later as you get an adult, oh, I made a lot of decisions that probably betrayed God, you know, or betrayed my betrayed my faith in God or betrayed His love for me, and and I'm really hoping He forgives me on these. Yeah. You, and know? you know what's powerful is you look at okay, Judas aside, because we know the end of Judas. But every one of the disciples did the same thing. Yeah, just to a on degree, a, right. or, you know, to a lesser. Yeah, just not or, as dramatic, know. right? Yeah. yeah. So, and yet Jesus inspired them and 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 believed in them enough, had hope in them enough to where they had faith enough in Him to build toward that love where they were willing to lay down their lives for yes. for their friend. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or their friends. And that's what Jesus says. Greater love has no man than this than a man lay down his life for one his friends. One of my friends. favorite ones. So there you go. Now look at okay. How many friends, would, I mean, that word friends, what do we take that to mean? Because Philip is my friend, I'm willing to lay down my life. Or the random stranger that I meet on the street, do I consider him to be my friend? Yeah. Jesus I, Jesus laid down his life for those friends that we don't consider to be friendly. Right. And and so anyway, I, I look at, um, you know, maybe Judas was a bit, I don't want to be so morbidly drawn to this guy who betrayed Jesus that, that we lose focus on the fact that, hey, Jesus is alive. And that's what the power of the resurrection is, is that our faith, the Bible says if Jesus is not raised from the dead, our faith is in vain. And we are of most men most miserable because we're doing all this stuff for nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Let's just go out and eat, drink, and be merry because yeah. tomorrow we're worm food. Yeah. But yet the, the power of the resurrection is what gives us hope for eternity. And that's what that's what I, even this, this thing about the Easter season and, and this thing of hope in between it, you know, this, 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 the reality of hope, that's the love of God that's, or that's the, that's the hope that's not ashamed because of the love of God, because the love of God raised Jesus from the dead. And, and when we believe that, man, we can do anything. I mean, in relation to the purpose that God has put us here for. Yeah. We, there's nothing that, that we can't accomplish because of the love of God that's been spread abroad in our hearts if we're responding to that or, or reciprocating toward that love. And ultimately, you know, we look at the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Mm. So when love is our catch-all, 
you will. Yeah. It creates a new beginning where we can demonstrate joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, patience, long-suffering, right. blah, 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 all those other eight things. And so I, I you know, well, no, there's nine. Okay, there's nine. I don't look at it that way. I, I look at it, no, there is. The Bible doesn't say God is love, joy, peace, long-suffering. The Bible says God is love. God is love. And there's a period, mm-hmm. maybe an exclamation point. So I look at it like, wait a minute, if I want to be like God, then I've got to be love. Mm. And that goes back to the theme that we talked about last time yeah. about the word being flesh. Yeah. How do how does the word become flesh? By me demonstrating love. But yet, if we go to 1 Corinthians 13, mm-hmm. I can do all the things. See, because this is where, I think this is where people of um, my I'm non-denominational. I'll just say it that way. So, I, but yeah. I'm, I'm Bible-believing, but I'm not affiliated with any denomination. And sure. I think people in our uh, line, we get caught up in love as an action. Love is not an action. Love inspires action. Oh, good. Love is an emotion. Okay? Yeah. It doesn't say that God just gifted mankind with Jesus. It says God loved the world so much that he was inspired to give. Yeah. And see, that's... If we can give, we can, I can give a lot of that. There are people that are giving to this organization in the hope of blessing. Them. But if they don't have love behind it, if they're if they're, it's just a gift. Yeah. And there's no power. There's no there's no impact. And so that's, we'll take the gift. We're not. Please give to Rich and Ron. Okay. But you know, the there it is. Is, Breaking news. Do Jim tells people unless you love it, <laughs> don't give out of civic duty or out of yeah, yeah. Pity. No, no, exactly. Give out of an expression of love. the love you have for humanity. And I know that's that's Bryn's heart. I mean, she. I mean, 100%. little Rowan. She loved little Rowan so much that that now she is extending that love toward other families who've experienced right. the same loss. And and so that's powerful. And and I didn't get paid to say that, so you can edit <laughs> that part out too. But I just I look at this and go, you know what? So we see the the love, emotive love, inspiring the giving love, even even in Bryn and her experience with this organization and yeah. the rest of the people that have given their lives to to pursuing this endeavor as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Um, so as we begin to kind of wrap wrap it up, although we, I could sit here and talk to you for, for hours, man. I mean, you, you, I'm going to have to do Catholic catechism or something. <laughs> Stations of the Cross? 14 of them? My goodness, man. I would love to... I'd love to study that. I might have to. I'm yeah, just, just, it's, just to it's, see. It's really, it really is. It's, it's really beautiful. It puts you in it. Do you know what I mean? Like it puts you in that moment. Now I will say for 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 Catholics, um, the actual passion is a very is a very like they in, the, like Catholics are intensely drawn to the aspect of the passion, right? Um, so from the outside looking in, people's like, "Wow, you're really about the suffering part." But um, I think for me anyway, and it's still not like my like favorite part all the time. Uh, I am definitely people will accuse me of being like the Pollyannish Catholic, where I'm like, "I like Christmas and I like Easter." <laughs> um, but like, there are times when you need the heavy, you need the heaviness a little bit because you need to understand like what it is that that like truly was happening here. This guy didn't do anything wrong. In fact, he did everything correctly. He is the one person on earth who did it all right. And yet we still were like, mm, can't have it. Can't have you. Right. Uh, 
<laughs> and so I think that's about us. Yeah, exactly. So I think that, and, and so then I think, you know, that, that part of it is, is, is fairly to me, it, it really, it brings together the whole week. I will tell you something funny about, um, one of the first times, one of the first, so I was Protestant, um, I was Lutheran. I love, I love, shout out to the Lutheran church. I love the Lutheran church. Um, <laughs> But I had stopped going when I was 18, 19 years old and met my wife when I was about 25. And I had really gotten an inkling to kind of like, I really missed the idea of like going to church and, and like, I really missed the feeling of Sundays and thinking about it a lot. And uh, my wife was like, well, I'm cradle Catholic. So I go to Catholic church. And I was like, sure. All right, we'll try it out. So the very first mass I ever went to was this, what they call Holy Thursday mass, which, um, You've probably never been. It is an it is a scene, man. It is like you stand for like forty five minutes in the middle of this of of, the, of this mass, and I remember getting up and thinking, "Is this what Catholics do all the time? <laughs> they stand for like forty five minutes." Turns out it's like the the one mass they do that at. But um, you're certainly like this is intense, you know. But the stations are are cool. Like that they, they are they are definitely like a really f- nice reflective opportunity for you to like go through it do you have any other thoughts on on um this easter season on any reflections about like as this week is a is a is a big week for 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 us as christians for 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 those who are faithful and it's a it's a really big it could be a good week for those maybe who are teetering and thinking about things like that to to dive into it because this is where you experience the the true love of God in these moments who has sacrificed himself for us. you have any other sort of reflections during this Easter season you want people to know about? The bottom line is this. Jesus is alive. And we know that not just based on what we read in the Bible, but 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 earlier we talked about these the people that actually witnessed his resurrection were historical, physical beings. They're, they're documented books and writings about their existence. So these guys weren't lying to us. They they saw and experienced what, what we can only imagine. So um, I would say this, if, you, if you're on the fence, if you're teetering, know this, man, Jesus is real. He's alive and he wants to call you. He wants you to hear him call your name. We'll say it that way. Amen. And, and when you do that, I, I cannot express to you enough. I, uh, you know, I, I have to be careful that I don't overstate it, but I was very, very, very opposed to anything Christian or anything God because of my upbringing. I just, I, I, I swore I would never go to church again. Wow. And God found me. Yeah. In the middle of me running from him. Yeah. He found me and he didn't, it's like Thomas. He didn't get all uptight and mad. He just said, Hey dude, look at who I am. Yeah. Put your put your hand in my side. Put your finger yeah. in my hand. This is I'm flesh and blood. Yeah. I'm real. I am I am the reality that you've been looking for your entire life. Yeah. And I'm like, wow. I can follow that. Yeah. I don't know where it's going to lead all the way. I mean, right. ultimately, yeah, I get to go to heaven. But no, <laughs> where you know the 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 twenty or thirty years that I have left on this earth, should Jesus tarry? Where is that going to lead me? Where's that reality going to lead? And I'm going to tell you. Following Jesus is an adventure, and it is it is fun. It is heartbreaking. It is confounding. It is exhilarating, and it's it's mind blowing. And 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 you can't find anything more awesome than following him. And and I'm like you. I want to know more about Jesus. Right. I want to know more about Jesus every day. And a lot of it is 
by his spirit. A lot of it is through the Bible, and a lot of it, I'm going to be honest, is through other people mm-hmm. because God works through other people. Amen. And so we have to learn how to love those other people enough to listen to them for five seconds yes. and not just dismiss them because they don't agree with us or look like us or smell like us or, uh, you know, act like us or whatever. So, you know, we can learn and we can learn how to be more like God. Come to church. It's a lot of fun. You're, you might hate it for the first couple of times, but yeah. it'll, it'll grow on you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it'll, grow it'll grow on you. Come to church. Come it'll to my church because I won't make you stand up for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you have it, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. Well, hey, t- for the folks who are listening, give the name of your church again, sir. Uh, New Day Christian Center. Out here in Tonino. Out here in Tonino. Pastor Jim Ford, you are a blessing. I, I really love having you. Uh, it, it's, it's, so, it's so nice not only to have you for the podcast, but it's just so nice to, to just talk with you. I could talk with you all day about this stuff. Oh, man. You, you, have a deep, you are a deep well of knowledge, sir. And, uh, and I really appreciate you coming on and, and I really hope that this, uh, this helps folks. Um, one of the things that uh, you, you will, uh, if you are going to the dinner auction, you will see Pastor Jim on stage because you always give the opening prayer before, before the dinner service. So you're going to be there, right? Yes. All right. Along with a table. Yes, for the hopefully well groomed. Right, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you'll see, so you'll see him at the uh, at the dinner and auction. He'll be giving the opening prayer on April twenty third. We're doing something cool. We're going online too, so uh, they'll actually get a chance to see you even make the prayer online. So um, we want to thank everybody for for uh, tuning in to to this week's Angel Talk podcast. The passionate Pastor Jim Ford. Thank you, sir, for coming, and uh, we'll talk to you soon, everybody. God bless you. <laughs>